Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this fantastic day? I hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you can find yourself a moment of fantasticness that you can pause, take a deep breath, be present in this very moment and feel the life force circulating in your body in that deep breath and then just let it all out. <sighs> yes. Woo. All right. So we are back for another episode and I was... Um, just talking to a friend of mine, Ronnie Haskins, who was a guest on this podcast some time ago. He is a beautiful soul. Totally, totally love him. Um, and we had some good things that we were talking about that I would like to share with you. But first, let us draw a tarot card to kick off our podcast episode. Uh, for today's deck, I've got the Wild Messengers Alchemical Tarot. You hear me shuffling, shuffling. And this deck was um, created by none other than Lola Archer Pickett, who is one of my dear friends and a beautiful mentor. And these particular cards are animals. Um, and the artwork is beautiful, created by Tanya Castile, watercolors, such amazing things. So I'm gonna pull a card to kind of set the tone and call us into whatever this episode will bring for us and we will go from there okay so looking at the backs of the cards it's a beautiful purple sprinkled with some white to indicate some sort of magical quality to these cards which they are and so let's see what card wants to come forward Okay, and we've got, oh, we've got the soul card. Well, it's not the soul card. <laughs> it is the suit of fire. So instead of the usual cups, swords, pentacles, and um, what am I forgetting? Pentacles, cups, swords, and ay ay ay. Seriously, I forgot already. Wands. Oh my gosh, I just yeah totally blanked out there. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> we've got the elements. And so this is the soul of fire card. And the soul of fire is the ace card. Soul is the ace card in the equivalent of the traditional tarot. And this soul card is the dragonfly. I love the dragonfly. 
So with this deck, there is an invocation and then Dragonfly Speaks as well. So I'll read a little from the guidebook. The invocation is, I invoke flexibility of perception and the agility of Dragonfly. As I carry the wisdom of my lineage, I release knowing and step into the mystery. Ooh. I humble myself and open to all possibilities ahead of me. Ooh, this feels so timely. So the realm of fire is the land of possibilities. And so we start with beginner's mind. This is the ace card actually, is always the beginner's mind. So beginner's mind is a Buddhist concept which encourages us to be humble, open, and receptive. Anytime you feel as if you already know something, or that you have an answer, you are closed. I always say that when um, people say, I know, like as a phrase, that shuts a door immediately. You close off yourself to any options, any possibilities that you don't see. And as you know from listening to this podcast, that there are things out there that we don't know about that are not able to be perceived by our senses. And, you know, we don't know what we don't know, <laughs> right? So um, continuing on. This means that you are not available to deepen your wisdom, forge new connections, or evolve efficient, efficiently. As Zen teacher Shunryu Suzuki said, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the experts, there are few. Dragonfly spends the majority of its life, up to five years, as a nymph, and only a few months as a mature adult. If Dragonfly has flown into your reading, it's a reminder to remain open to all possibilities and to take your time flying toward the finish line. Many of us are rushing toward elderhood. This is true. <clears throat> Deeply desiring to be experts and wanting to arrive at a place of confident expertise. Ooh, how true is that? Like a lot of us feel that we need to be experts in whatever we do before we share our knowledge with other people. It's like, no, 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 I don't know enough yet. Let me sign up for all the trainings. Let me sign up for all the classes and then I'll be an expert. And here's a newsflash for you folks. There is never an end to the learning. We are constantly learning. We are constantly open and evolving. And so just get on with it and offer your knowledge to people. You know, there are always going to be people who know less than you and always people who know more than you. So from where you are standing, Offer your knowledge to those who know less than you, even if they're only a few steps behind. Because I know for myself that I appreciate the knowledge that folks share, even if they're only a couple steps ahead. It's, a, it's almost like, hey, you did some recon on this path. Can you share it with me so that I don't necessarily have to stumble and fall? Or maybe I can avoid that route in the middle of the path. Or maybe I can catch up to you and move a little more quickly. Whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so don't, don't wait. Uh, okay, so where are we? Yes. <clears throat> Many of us uh, rushing toward elderhood, deeply desiring to be experts and wanting to arrive at a place of confident expertise. And many of us want to skip past the discomfort of not knowing this. <laughs> this is true too. The irony is that once we truly become an elder, we recognize just how little we know. Exactly, exactly. Wisdom is different than knowledge. One can be wise without knowing a thing. And so just to interrupt a little bit again, I'm feeling very inter self-interrupting today. Um, wisdom is embodied knowledge. So knowledge can be seen as something that we learn in a book, something we study, information that is told to us. 
Um, and so we can have a lot of book knowledge. We can have a lot of knowledge about, you know, statistics and data and things like that. But until we embody it, it doesn't become wisdom. And wisdom is is a lived experience. It's knowledge that we acquire through a lived experience. So, for example, I have the wisdom of what it's like to go through a divorce. Um, not everyone's divorce path is the same, actually, from what I understand. Everyone's is very unique and specific to them. And so it just is an opportunity for me to say, hey, I have the wisdom of this specific experience. Let me share it with you. And perhaps that might be useful to you on your journey. Okay, so here we go. Also, sidebar, my dog feels a little extra vocal today. I feel like maybe she should be a guest on the podcast. <laughs> um, continuing on, like air, fire teaches us to become less static and more like flames dancing in the breeze. When our minds are flexible and open like a child's, the storms of life may make us dance like frenzied banshees, but we do not crack apart. Like the darting flight of the, of the dragonfly, new ideas can create instantaneous shifts in our worldview and what we understand is truth and they can shake us to the very core of our being. And so here dragonfly speaks. This is the message from dragonfly. I am here as a messenger of fluidity helping prepare you for new or perhaps very, very old ideas to make their way into your awareness. I can fly in six directions. My flight is a sign that it is time to open your mind, to look up, down, ahead, behind, and sideways to see if perhaps you have been fixated on a specific idea or path. There could be possibilities just out of view that call for exploration. Expand your perspective. Each moment is a new beginning. And with each new beginning, there is a new you. You are forever at the starting line, <laughs> which, you know, can be frustrating to hear for some. It's like, what do you mean? I did all this work. I've been doing all this healing. I've been making progress. And you're telling me I'm still at the starting line? I don't know if I like that so much. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's just pause for a second and think about that. Our human minds like progress. We like to see things moving and evolving, but our egos like to see things in a linear fashion. And so there is a starting point and then there is a finish line. And the actual truth of it is that is not how we move. We move in spirals. So if you, um, Let's say you, I like this example of you date a, a certain person, a certain type of person, and you get along and then eventually, you know, the relationship ends. There's some problems that you just can't work out. And then you move along on your path and you're like, you know, I'd like another partner. And then so you, you meet someone else and it's great. And, but unfortunately problems pop up again and then the, the relationship ends and my invitation is to take a look at the patterns of your dating, of your being in relationship with romantic relationship with people. Do the same problems pop up? Do the same complaints you have about that person pop up? Because what's happening is that you're just sort of going in circles and spirals and it's the same scenario over and over again. It might be slightly different because you've learned a little bit from the previous experience that maybe you're applying now to the current experience. But if you're not learning enough, then the progression on the spiral is not as upwardly 
mobile is not as high as it could be. Now, we're not talking about achieving anything, right? We're just talking about movement and thinking about how we are forever at the starting line, I think is important in terms of thinking of keeping in with the beginner's mind because the beginner's mind, like it, like this guidebook has said, keeps us open to possibility. So let's say we'll take the relationship example again. Let's say we're in a relationship and you know, you're with this person and you're like starting to see that pattern again. You're like, here we go again. Your mind might be like, here we go again. You know, why can't I find the right person? It's always the same thing over and over again. And instead of thinking that, ask yourself, okay, wait, I see the pattern. What can I do differently? What is, what's happening here? Can I, can I look at this relationship with a beginner's mind? Can I step away from my past experiences, like sort of, you know, leave them in the past, look at the present moment, the now moment, look at the relationship and ask yourself, all right, what, what's possible here? Because I don't want to dismiss the relationship because I'm starting to see some familiar patterns. You know, maybe I can shift things a little bit. Maybe I can look at the relationship from the left side or the right side or underneath it or over it. Or maybe I just need to turn my head a certain way and catch the facets of light, like a diamond, whatever it is. But to be curious, I mean, that's the thing of life is be curious about the things that catch your attention, you know, try to be more open to be less dismissive because like it said in the guidebook, I know that statement. I know it closes off a lot of things. You know, I, my kids say it sometimes and I was like, Oh, you just closed the door. And they're like, what, what do you mean? I was like, well, you could have learned something, but because you know, there's no room for, for learning something new for knowing more. So, they're not quite there yet, but they're learning. Um, okay, so the rest of the guidebook. I know, I keep interrupting myself. The rest of the guidebook is asking a question. Do you crave to be somewhere or someone other than what is unfolding right here, right now? Mm-hmm. There is no better place to be than where and who you are in this moment. Correct. Celebrate how much you have yet to learn and experience. Life is wide open. Take a look around and fly in any direction which inspires. Oh, man, the timing of this card is on point. As always, divine timing, cards never lie. And I will explain to you what I mean by that. So I have been um, on this path, on this business path, entrepreneurial path of, um, you know, building offers to help people um, to help people grow, help people evolve, heal traumas, known and unknown, um, you know, guide people through yoga, through meditation, sound healing, kundalini yoga, all kinds of things, magic, ritual, all good stuff, right? And so I, I offer things out into the into the open, out to y'all, my listeners, to, you know, my community, to people on my mailing list, to potential clients, and say, hey, this is what I'm offering. And what's so interesting is that when I started on this entrepreneurial path, um, I had 
enrolled in a business course and I've done a few business courses since then. And the pattern that I'm seeing is they have all these formulas, right? And there's a strategy to do things and all this other stuff. And for me, I mean, that might work for somebody who that, that could work for the previous version of me from like 20 years ago when I was very much um, in my type A personality, when I was very much into the structure of corporate America, um, where I felt like, okay, I have this solid container of working nine to five hours. Yeah, I mean, hours from nine to five. Um, here are my specific tasks. Go. Okay. And in between those things, of course, I wrote poems. You know, I used to, um, when I was in graduate school for, for my MFA, I um, <laughs> did temp jobs at, over the summer at this one corporate law firm. And I loved it so much. It was so fun because and you're like a law firm, really. But I loved it so much because one, I wasn't, I wasn't attached to the firm. I was just, I was just a freelancer, you know, they, I was a contractor basically. And, um, and I filled in for their, um, administrative assistance when they went on vacation or someone called out sick. And sometimes I would just be in the document center because, you know, lawyers, they generate a lot of documents and, um, and I would just be there to edit agreements and all kinds of things, you know, draft letters, set up appointments, things that administrative assistants do, you know, offering support to the lawyers. And I had so much fun and I loved it. I didn't think I would because I was like, corporate lawyers suck, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, but I, I had so much fun there because one wasn't attached, you know, two, I could, I could call my hours, you know, I could be like, oh, I'm not available today or, you know, oh yeah, I can work extra overtime tonight. That's cool. Um, I got paid really well, which was awesome, you know, freelance rate. And in between, like during downtime, when I wasn't answering a phone or making an appointment or editing a document, I would read poetry I would kind of sneak it. And the way the desks were set up, it was really cool because you did have a little privacy where you could kind of slide a, a book out of sight and read it and it looked like you were working, which was really cool. Um, but then I also wrote poems, you know, between documents. I would just jot down poems, type them up, print them out. The printer was right next to the desk. I mean, this place was like sweet, so sweet, so set up. Um, but I will say I had so much fun there talking to some of the attorneys that I, um, I worked with that I was like, Hmm, maybe I want to go to law school. Maybe I want to, uh, take the LSAT. <laughs> and, and then I thought about it and then I was like, yeah, no, you know, I mean, lawyers manipulate language in ways that don't feel good that I was like, I can't do that. You know, I'm a poet and language is my, is my love. And to have to subject language to, to ways that are not, that, are, that feel like contortionist, actually, just didn't sit right with me. So as much as I like to play with language sometimes in the agreements, I'd be like, I, I remember this one attorney, Scott, I was like, Scott, what if we put this sentence like this? And, you know, he humored me. He was like, yeah, he's like, that'd be so fun. Um, but I don't think that, that that being a lawyer is, is the path for me. Um but what that taught me was that I was not expecting that kind of job to be so fun, to be so rewarding, to allow for room 
and for space for me to be creative. You know, it's corporate law, you know, how, I mean, even the words themselves feel very rigid and, and solid and like, nah, you know, but I was there and I actually flourished. It was just really, really wild. I remember sitting at, uh, for this, being in support for this one attorney, one of the partners there. And, um, I had left my book on the desk and I had, I walked away to go to the bathroom. I came back and he goes, he go, you know, I introduced myself and it's a big firm, so they don't know, all know me. And I introduced myself. He goes, yeah. He's like, you know, I saw your book on the, um, on the, on the desk here, Adrian Rich. I, and I thought to myself, whoa, this girl is serious. <laughs> I thought it was so funny, but he appreciated, um, he appreciated that I was reading poetry, that he knew who Adrian Rich was. And I was just like, okay, we are going to get along. Not to say that I got along with everybody there. There were some who were a little curmudgeon-y. But I was able to sweet talk this one tax attorney who everyone was like, I don't want to sit for Andy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't see the big deal. So, you know, I just did the thing and I was his favorite. I just want to brag a little bit. <laughs> um, but anyway, all this to say that we don't know what we don't know. So to be open to possibilities. So this story of the law firm, like I didn't know that this was possible, that it was possible to be creative and to thrive in a corporate space. Um, I actually met a woman who also worked in the in the document center. Her name was Claire. And I found out like while I while I when I worked there that she had a PhD in anthropology. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. And I was thinking to myself, she's so freaking smart. She's a doctorate in anthropology and she's working in the document center of a law firm, right? And there was and I will say because I was only 20 something, I was a little judgy. Because I was like, what is this woman doing here? She's so smart. And she's just hanging out in the document center. What, what, what? But she said, and I appreciate this, that it, the job was easy because it allowed for her, it gave space for her brain to think. You know, she got a paycheck. And then outside of that, she was able to do the things that she wanted to do, which I thought was like, oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. So coming back to the dragonfly and being open to things with the beginner's mind. Um, I've been on this entrepreneurial journey, like I said earlier, and have been thinking about what is it that I'm doing? You know, what am I doing to help the people I love, to help the people in my community, to help people who are feeling lost, who need guidance, who are feeling pain? You know, what am I doing? I'm doing all kinds of things. But right now in this moment, you know, I can list all the things that I've tried, that I've done, you know, but that's the past. And what Dragonfly is doing is calling us to be here and present and now and to look in all the directions and to move in all six directions. And so let's say I put that aside. What's what's coming forward for me now is tarot, which is really interesting. And I've been talking about tarot on this on this podcast for a few episodes now and thinking like, wow, it didn't think tarot was a thing that would come into such a, a big presence in my life and didn't think it would be something as prominent in my offers. But here it is, you know, I'm, I'm offering tarot readings for folks. But recently, I just like a, a student of mine, yoga student, regular yoga student of mine asked me, you know, if I did parties. And I was like, 
parties? What does that even mean? You know, I mean, maybe it means individual readings for a group and they get a group rate. Maybe it means like we talk about tarot and just like play with the cards. Who knows? But I am, I am open to that. I am going to go forward in, into that opening and explore what's there because we don't know what we don't know. Right. And so this is all to say, be flexible like the dragonfly to ask yourself, what is it that you need right now? What do you want right now? And to tune into that. Don't listen to the ego. You know, the ego and the way to discern between the ego voice and the, and the heart's desire and the self is how your body feels, the energy you're, you're in your body. You know, when the ego starts talking, your body clenches, it tightens, it, it just balls up. It's like, well, we can't do that because that's not practical, right? And so when you're like, ooh, practical, practical doesn't feel good. <laughs> practical feels like it's it's based in fear. It feels like sort of dead of any kind of magic. And why would you want to work with anything that doesn't have magic? I mean, how boring. I mean, aren't we on this on this planet, in this, in this body, in this time, you know, in this human experience to experience magic, you know, no one, no one said, Oh, I'm going to go be born on earth and just be boring and, you know, move through the, the motions of waking up, brushing my teeth, maybe having some coffee, go to my job, come home and scroll on social media a little bit have some dinner, watch some TV, or maybe go back on social media and then go to sleep. <laughs> That's no fun. No fun at all. So I'm feeling called to have more fun. And I want to invite you to also have more fun. So think about what is it in your life that you can create to have more fun. Fun can look like anything. Fun can be um, doing cartwheels in the grass. Y'all who have been listening for a while know that I love cartwheels. Um, and that's always like my go-to fun thing because there's something freeing about just being upside down. One, right? I mean, that requires a lot of self-trust. I, I have I have adults in my class, in my yoga class. Sometimes we do cartwheels in my yoga classes who are terrified of cartwheels. So, oh, I can't do it. Ah, blah, blah, blah. And part of that is there's this fear of being upside down. And when you come to my class, if you, any local folks are listening – um, I teach cartwheels with such gentleness and ease that it feels fun. Like you don't, you don't freak out. You do get a sense of the upside downness. It's very gentle. So come to my class and come check it out. But the, the point being, there's something freeing about the cartwheel because your legs are up in the air. You're upside down. The world is literally upside down that you get to see for a split second the world in a different way, literally. And if you do it outside, you get to feel the grass on your palms. Oh, that's the best feeling. So play. We need more play. And Dragonfly is coming forward to ask us to really be present in our lives and to create a sense of play. So beginner's mind. Yes. Check that off. Um, be open to possibility. Be open to things that just kind of float into your 
consciousness that flowed into your sphere. You know, sometimes you'll get an intuitive hit or you're, you know, you'll be like, oh, that sounds like fun. Oh, and then the ego comes in. No, no, no. You know, so for example, you know, this, this yoga student comes to me after class yesterday and is like, do you do parties? And I was like, what? Because we were talking about tarot and she's like, do you do parties? And I was thinking to myself, like, what does that even look like? Like, am I, are we all sitting in a circle and I just pull a card and I show the card to everyone. Okay, everyone, here's the card. Is this the card you picked? Okay. And then do I do like magic tricks? I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being funny and silly and playful, but I really have no idea what a tarot party looks like. I mean, I'm going to create something and talk to this woman about it, but it just the idea of it. I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. And then, and then Jake, my ego. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jake is, is when I was in meditation, it was revealed to me that my ego is a Jack Russell Terrier named Jake. So it makes it so much easier for me to um, put ego under control and to, and to put Jake in his place and remember, remind him who's in charge. And that's me, me, myself, and I, highest self, heart center. Um, and so, yeah, so Jake was like, wait, 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 wait what? We don't do that. We don't do tarot parties. Like we are serious. We are healers. We are, you know, meditators. We are yoga teachers, whatever, whatever Jake was rambling on about. And I was just like, no, this sounds like fun. Let's just go do it. So this is what I mean is I don't know where this is going to go, you know? And if it's like a one-time thing where I have a little tarot party with a, with a few women at my, at my yoga student's house, then cool. You know, it'll, it'll be a good time. But I really am trying to, to be open to all the possibilities. So when something comes into your awareness, whether it's like something that pops into your mind, you're like, why did I think that? That's your intuition speaking. That's your heart saying, hey, we have desires and they were put there by the divine. So go follow that trail. Go follow and see where it takes you. You know, um, when you want to dismiss something, you're like, oh, no, 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 that's that's just silliness or whatever. Usually that's the thing you need to do <laughs> because that dismissive voice, that's the ego. That's your version of Jake. And listen, I am not, I'm not knocking ego. Ego is there to keep you safe. And so I give so much love to Jake. I'm like, Jake, you know, I know you're keeping me safe. It's beautiful. Thank you. But not now, you know, I'm not crossing the street into like traffic and not looking left and right. No, that's what you're good for. Right now, I'm just exploring some of these new things. And I know new things don't make you comfortable, but you got to trust me and we're going to venture into the unknown, which is totally what Dragonfly is about. Stepping into the mystery, right? So take what you know and just put it aside on the table for a little bit. Turn towards the mystery and see what unfolds. That sounds so exciting. Woohoo. <sighs> oh, my friends, my friends. I am so freaking like, love it. Love it, love it, love it. <sighs> All right. So I still want to bring some poetry into the episode, into the world. So today I'm going to read a poem by... Barbara Jane Reyes from her book, Letters to a Young Brown Girl. This is an amazing book, by the way. You should go get it just because I said so. <laughs> uh, okay. So this poem is called Track. Oh, so the, um, 
just so you have an idea. So this comes from the section called Brown Girl Mixtape. And so she, um, all the titles of the poems in this section start off with the word track, as in like track one, track two, like on a CD or a mixtape. Um, okay, so this is called Track, Black Wing Bird, M. Griner, 2006. We won't hold our tongues fast. We won't unforget all we've been made to stuff back into our darkest places and so shut. We know the heart heals with time and that bruises heal too. We know how to leave a boy who hurts with words or fists. We know how to ghost a boy who doesn't even deserve our ghost. We know how to change numbers and locks. That sometimes behind a bolted door, the only thing that will keep us company is a good record collection and fire. We remember not to say sorry. We know some boys do not deserve a proper goodbye. Ooh, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love poetry. Love it all. Love it all. All right, my friends. We will close this episode as we always do. And I wish you a fantastic week. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time. Namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.